Good morning, everybody. How are you today? All right, good to see you. Uh, August is here. A few days, the kiddos head back to school. How many? Now I know, yeah, I know normally, you know, the, most parents are second service, you know, for the little kids. How many are excited about the kids going back to school, huh? Yeah, I'll get a lot more of that second service, I'm sure. It's that time of year, and we're just glad you're here in church today. If it's your first time at the bridge, welcome. We really are so glad you've joined us today. There are a lot of great churches in this valley. For you to be here today means a lot to us. We welcome you. If you have any questions, out that first set of doors to your right, we have an info center. They can answer any questions you might have. And if you just stop by there and let them know you're here for the first time, they will make sure you get a personal welcome. Again, we're really glad you're here. Also, you can check out the Bridge Church website. It's thebridgechurch.tv. We also have an app for your phone or your portable device. Uh, we just want to get you connected with all that God's doing here at the Bridge. Can we put our hands together and welcome first-time guests? God bless you. And while we're on the topic of getting connected, for those of you who are new to the Bridge or you want more information about the Bridge, during second service today, right over here to my left, down that hallway in our chapel area. Is the chapel area where we do it or is it? Yeah, right down the hallway there. Um, we have what we call connecting point. That's where you get started. That's where you get connected at the bridge. You hear about our vision, about our past, our present, our future, where we're going. Get a lot of your questions answered there, what's important to us. And most importantly, how you can get connected better at the bridge, get connected with people, and get involved in people's lives and get them involved in your lives. And it's just a great time. So joy connecting point during second service today. We invite you to be there. One last thing before we get into scripture today. Yesterday was our back to school bash and we had a great, great day, a great time. And I just want to stop this morning. And you know, with all the backpacks we give away, with all the haircuts, the clothing, the pancakes that the scouts did. Uh, so much happened yesterday. We had a lot of fun, a lot of things going on. Uh, but with that day, the most important thing to me, the most exciting thing was we had like 325 volunteers who made it happen. So give yourself a big hand for being here yesterday. God bless you. Now let's get into God's word. Father, we thank you today for your word because it's truth. We open our hearts to hear from you today, not to hear the words of man, but to hear your word in a very clear way. So speak to every person here, let your word come alive, and we'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name, amen. In a few minutes, we're going to be reading from Romans chapter 4, so you might want to turn there in advance if you've got a, a Bible or a device. If not, we'll have the verses on the screen. Last Sunday morning, I shared a message titled, Your Faith Matters. I talked about three main things. Number one, Jesus was always moved by people's faith. Number two, Jesus always corrected people for their little faith. How many of you know sometimes God's word corrects our thinking? I got some laughs, I got some amens over here, I got nothing over here. How many know sometimes God's word corrects our thinking? Okay, I just want to make sure. And then the third thing, Jesus always honored extraordinary great faith. And I, and I shared the thought last week that I'm amazed that people can believe that God can work miracles, and yet they know a dozen arguments why he's not going to do them for them. It amazes me. 
We know more about why God won't than why God will. Some of us do. Let me put it this way. Many people believe God could. Some believe God would. But not so many believe God will and expect him to do what he said he would do. Which is why I talked about faith last week. And I, I teach on faith from time to time because it's so important. And today I want to come back and share some thoughts that I believe will help strengthen some people and encourage you in your faith. Now, why would I do that today? Well, really, there's two reasons. Number one, I really felt in my heart God wanted me to share these things today. But number two, here's why I want to come back to this. Last week, at the conclusion of my message, I asked people to stand if they wanted to pray and believe God to meet a specific need in their lives. In both services, we had a lot of people stand, and we prayed. Since last Sunday morning, it's quite possible that some of us might have already forgotten about that moment in service and that prayer that we prayed together. Some of us are so caught with the cares of life and the things going on that we left church and two, three days later we forgot all about what we did last Sunday. That's what I want to talk about today. Several months ago, I shared a message out of Mark eleven twenty four, 24, where Jesus said, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. We talked about what happens between the asking and the receiving. And what comes between asking and receiving? Believing. Whatever you ask when you pray, there's the asking, believe that you receive them and you will have them. You will receive. And you know, the interesting thing is, people in, in our church world today tend to have this thing about, okay, I, I prayed and now I'm going to wait for a few days and see what happens. Turn to somebody and say, wait. W-A-I-T, not W-E-I-G-H-T. Okay, we're not going to get into that today. I'm going to leave that one alone. I know when I'm in over my head, okay? So I'll leave that one alone. But so many of us think, I'm going to pray and then I'm going to wait and see what happens. And we miss the point. Because it's not about waiting, it's about believing. Now let me give you an example of that. Isaiah 40, 31, familiar verse of Scripture. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So I'm just going to pray and I'm going to ask God and then I'm going to wait and see what happens. See, here's the problem with waiting. Date and time. Remember last Sunday? You see, what we miss is, if you go back and read that verse in the original writing, here's what it says. They that wait upon the Lord. To wait upon the Lord means to bind yourself around something and twist it all together. Those who get so bound up and, excuse the wording, twisted up and tied up and tangled up in God and His Word, those that wait in that manner will renew their strength and mount up with wings as eagles. But the rest of us see it as, well, they that watch the clock for a while shall receive. It's not, it's not, about, it's not about waiting. 
It's about believing. Turn to somebody and say, it's not about waiting, it's about believing. Come on, you gotta help me today. Okay, I will call you out. I don't care if you're on the top rock. No, I'm kidding, I won't do that. It's not about waiting, it's about believing. Hebrews 6.12 says that it's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises. Faith, you add patience to it. You add the wrapping your heart around what God said and waiting for God to finish what he started. We believe and believe and believe until it comes. You know, last week, I talked about Peter for a couple of minutes. How he got out of the boat, and none of the other disciples had, had that kind of faith. He got out of the boat and he walked to Jesus on the water for a few steps. But then his faith began to waver and he fell down in the water and Jesus saved him. And Jesus corrected him, rebuked him, if you will. Jesus corrected him and, and he questioned his faith. And what he said was, Peter, why did you waver? Why did you waver? Now, let me, let me take that illustration and use that as a launching point for today's message. Jesus didn't rebuke Peter for getting out of the boat. Jesus rebuked Peter for not finishing his journey of faith. How many understood what I just said? He didn't rebuke Peter for, Peter, you idiot, you should have ever got out of the boat. Who do you think you are, Jesus? Jesus didn't do that. What he said was, why did your faith start the journey, but then your faith didn't finish the journey? And see, this is why a lot of us live in lack. This is why a lot of us have needs and we ask for something from God, but yet in the journey we say, well, I got God on the clock and he hasn't done anything, so I guess I need to go to plan B. You know what that is? That's a wavering of our faith. Well, it's quiet in this holiness church today. Think about that. So let's look at this. Romans chapter 4. I want to share a passage of Scripture. I've preached from this probably two or three times in the last 10 years, but I want you to look at it. Romans chapter 4, verse 19. It's talking about Abraham. If there was ever a story that speaks of faith, it's Abraham. Verse 19, here's what it says in Romans 4. And not being weak in faith. Take that first little expression. Think about it. Not being weak in faith. How many would like to be strong in faith and not weak in faith? Seriously, would you like to be strong in faith? See, your faith matters. If you weren't here last Sunday, I want to encourage you. Go back and listen to the message. Go online, listen to it. Get the app, listen to last week's message because your faith matters. Look at Abraham. Not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. And by that, it's talking about his ability to reproduce because he's believing for a son. Since he was about 100 years old, how many of you know at 100 years old, it's probably not the ideal time to be having children? <laughs> Amen. Amen, said the man who was 76. I don't know who said that, but I'm just kidding. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, Sarah could not have children. She never had children. Verse 20, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. And I wish I had 10 minutes to spend right here. He didn't waver at the promise of God. Isn't that what Peter did on the water? 
He wavered. He started the journey and changed his mind. Down he went. Abraham never wavered at the promise of God and took on a position of anti-faith. That's what unbelief means there. He never became anti-faith. He was always pro-faith based upon the promise of God, not his own thinking and his own ideas, based upon what God had said to him. He didn't waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Now remember, we started out, he wasn't weak in faith, but he was strengthened in faith and he was giving glory to God. And finally, verse 21, he was fully convinced what God had promised, God was also able to perform. Abraham's faith mattered. Romans 4 says that Abraham is really the father of everybody who believes because he kind of set the pace for us. He showed us what faith was. When there was no written scripture, when there was no script that we have today of how to walk by faith and believe by faith and, and walk with God, when there was none of that, Abraham believed God and it shaped his life. I got to stress this to you today. Abraham believed God. He didn't believe there was a God. Abraham believed what God said to him. And it shaped every move of his life. Now, I want to walk you through three things real quickly this morning that you see in this passage of Scripture that I think will help you solidifying your faith and trust in God. Number one, Abraham refused to let his circumstances outweigh God's promise now to really understand this the weight of this in this passage of Scripture do you know how long Abraham waited for his son to be born after God said you and Sarah are gonna have a baby boy you know how long you waited some of you know 25 years now, I'm, I'm going to give you my opinion. I said earlier, 100 years of age is a kind of a bad time to start having kids. Let me back up. 75 is kind of a bad time to start having kids as far as I'm concerned. Because I'm a long ways from that, and I don't want any more. I love grandkids. I don't want any more kids. Thank you. Why am I saying this? How many of you have been on a 25-year journey of faith believing God to do something most of us can't handle 25 minutes because we want miracles we don't want a journey of faith we want to pray prayers and we want an instantaneous miracle to fall out of heaven but I have to believe God and faith this thing out I'm, I'm not gonna do that so what happens we get on the journey and our faith waver 25 minutes 25 hours 25 days 25 months Abraham went 25 years until his son was born and he continued to trust God and believe God Abraham refused think about this for 25 years he refused to let the circumstances the fact that his body was old and he was no longer capable of producing children to the fact that his wife could not have children none of these circumstances none of these circumstances ever outweighed God's promise wish I had a scale this morning not a, not a scale, you, not a digital scale, the old-fashioned scale, like the scale that you see in justice. 
okay, where you put something on one side and you weigh it to see which weighs more or balance something out with weight. Abraham said, these circumstances weigh this much, but God's promise weighs more. Can I take this one step further? When you talk about the glory of God, the glory of God speaks of the weight of God. How many of you know it doesn't matter who's in the room? When God walks in the room, he outweighs everybody. How many, how many understand that? Okay? He outweighs everybody. That's his glory. That's his persona. That's who he is. It just outweighs and, and just everything else is dwarfed by the presence of God. But yet when it comes to our faith, oftentimes we believe our circumstances outweigh the heavyweight champion of the universe. Are you hearing me today? Everybody take a big deep breath. Turn to somebody and say, this time he's talking to me. Yeah. Abraham, now Abraham said, what God said, God said, Sarah, God said, we're going to have a boy. I know we're 95 years old, but we're going to have a boy. I know we've been, been, been in this place for 20 years, but God said it, and I'm not giving up because what God says outweighs our age and our circumstances. See, most of us allow circumstances and symptoms to outweigh what God says. We haven't got over the hump of believing that God's promise outweighs my circumstances. I hope you get that mental picture today. What God says outweighs my circumstances. It's important because if you don't understand that, you will always struggle with your faith wavering because when circumstances get heavy, the scales tip and our faith wavers and we stop believing and we give up the second thing we see here is Abraham refused to let others erode his faith it says not only did he not consider the weight of his body neither did he consider the, the weight of what was going on with his wife's body she, she never had kids she can't have children it's impossible. I mean, she's getting older too. Starts at probably about 65 when God makes the promise. 70, 75, 85. Now she's creeping on up, getting older, older, older. In the middle of all of that, he never allowed his wife's influence to change his thinking. Now, why, why is this so important? I'll tell you why. Because everybody here has got people in their lives. And not everybody has a voice of faith. Mom, dad, siblings, children, best friends, neighbors, people at work, scowling nasty people who tell you that you're stupid for believing God. We listen to those voices. We hear those voices. 
And if we don't learn how to filter out what people say and separate ourselves from its influence, it will erode our faith and cause us to start stepping backward. And before long, if we're not careful, our faith will begin to waver. Let me, let me do it this way today. Let me, let me put it in a question form. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Let me, let me go one step further while I'm stepping on toes. I don't want to miss anybody this morning. Let me, let me put it this way. Well, no, I better not put it that way. Let me... See, one of the reasons, one of the reasons why a lot of you love coming to church here is because you hear a lot of truth and you hear a lot of faith teaching. One of the reasons why a lot of people don't want to come to church here is because they hear too much truth and too much faith teaching. I'm not putting anybody down. It, it, it's your decision. It's your faith. But your faith matters. And some of you come to church on Sunday and you hear one of the pastors preach a message of faith and encourage you to believe God and keep walking and then go out and all week long for six days you listen to all kinds of voices telling you, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't, you're fool, you're crazy. You know what? You need to shut down the voices in your life and stop listening to people who want to take you off of faith. Had somebody here while back, it's a great story, had somebody here while back come to me and said, Hey, did you hear about so-and-so? I said, what? Yeah, so-and-so is believing for such-and-such. Such. That is crazy. I think you need to talk to him. I said, you know what? That's between them and God. If God's spoken to their heart and they're believing for that, don't expect me to discourage their faith. If I'm going to err, I'm going to err on the side of faith. Not on the, I'm not on the side of doubt. I'm not going to talk people out of believing. I want to talk people into believing. That's what we're here for. Outside voices can erode or they can encourage your faith. And then the third thing here. Abraham, please hear me. Abraham learned. Everybody say learned. Abraham learned how to strengthen his faith. And there's a couple of keys here. Abraham learned how to strengthen his faith. I want to share some things in the last few minutes of this message that I think can help you strengthen your faith but I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you it is a learning process and you won't learn it going to church once a month you won't learn it going to church twice a month you won't even learn it going to church every sunday you only learn it when you begin to put these things to practice in your life every single day because we learn we learn to live by faith you know, I, I share this every now and then. Old Testament says it, New Testament repeats it. The just shall live by their faith. We learn to live by faith. We learn. We learn to live by faith. And you can't live by anybody else's faith. Grandpa, grandmas, moms, dads, cousins, friends, pastors, you have to learn to live by your own faith. And you have to learn how to strengthen and build your faith. So you say, well, how do I do that? How can I strengthen my faith. How can I control the atmosphere of what's going on around me? Let me walk you through just maybe three things real quickly, okay? First of all, we need to learn how to live with constant praise. Praise needs to become a lifestyle. 
praise. Everybody say praise. Praise needs to become an everyday part of my life. Praise needs to become a part of our lives. Why? Because praise is like a thermostat. Have you ever walked into a room and it's like, mm, it's nasty in here. There's crazy things in here. Have you, ever, have you ever walked into your house at home and you think, whoa, it's hot in here. Or whoa, it's cold in here. You know, there's atmospheres in life. I, I'm, I'm really sensitive to spiritual atmosphere around me. I, I can sense hot and I can sense cold. But one thing I've learned is when things are uncomfortable, Praise is like a thermostat. It changes the temperature around me. You know how often I praise God? I can't tell you how often because it's a habit that's developed in my life. I get up in the morning praising God. I go to bed at night praising God. The good news is my wife likes it and she does the same thing. I hear her every now and then just giving God praise in the other part of the house or sometimes close by when I'm trying to watch TV and I want to say, be quiet, I'm watching TV. But, but I don't. But I don't because I understand. That's, that's how I live. That's what controls the atmosphere around me. Praising God. You need to learn. Man, if you're struggling, if you're struggling with your faith, wherever you go, in your car, in your home, Play praise and worship music. If you're struggling, fill the atmosphere with praise. And then don't just let it go out there by itself. Attach your heart to it and start praising God. Learn how to praise God verbally from your heart. Listen to teaching on praise and worship. Learn how to praise God because it changes the atmosphere. A second thing you need to learn to do, and I already touched on this, but because we're talking about the how-tos now, you have got to control the voices you're listening to. You've got to. One of the best days of your life will be the day you say, Mom, Dad, I'm sorry, I love you, but I don't need you telling me what God's not going to do. Just let me go be alone and let me walk my walk of faith. Now, what do, you, what do you put there for mom and dad? It could be brother and sister. It could be friend. Now, let me tell you something. This is delicate, so you've got to watch how you do this. But another great day in your life is when you took, look at your spouse and say, sweetheart, don't talk to me about unbelief. I'm going to believe God. Now, you've got to figure out how to say that because every sweetheart's different, okay? So you've got to know your love languages. Know know how to do it you may need to give them flowers or give them a gift or you may need to give them a hug or something as you're doing it you say what are you saying pastor you need to learn how to control the voices that are speaking down into your life some of you not please please how many of you won't get offended at me today about half how many of you how many of you will get offended at me today how many of you haven't decided yet okay we're somewhere in the middle here some of you need to get some new friends. You know, we're going to start connect groups next month. You know, connect groups. I don't know if I need to hang around with those Christians. That's what's wrong with your faith now. You're hanging around people all the time spewing doubt and unbelief. You get around these people, and the first thing you know, you're spewing out the same thing. Your faith is wavering. Well, maybe God's not going to. It's not what faith says. It's not what the Word of God says. 
Some of you need new friends. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't totally forsake your family. You can't get new family. You know, you're stuck with them, especially in-laws. I mean, it is what it is, you know. <laughs> but my, my point is, my point is, you've got to separate from people who want to talk you down and attach yourself to people who want to talk you up in faith. The next thing, and this is really important, I'm going to spend a few minutes in closing here. You need to create the atmosphere in your life, and you can do this. You learn how to do it, it takes some time. You have to create an atmosphere in your life that is governed by the Word of God. See, we, we feel good Christians say it all the time. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Are you doing that? Is the word of the kingdom, is the word of God governing your life? Have you learned how to do that? Well, I don't know how to do that. Get around people who do. That's why we do connect groups here, to help build your faith. To let you help build other people's faith. To encourage each other and minister to each other. Boy, this is good today. I'm going to buy this cassette. It is so good. <laughs> Now, think about this. I'm getting close to the end here, so everybody, well, it's going to be long today. No, it's not. I'm almost finished. I want, I want you to hear this. Talk about Abraham. Abraham's whole journey with God started. And remember, there's no, no Bible, no scriptures for him in those days. Abraham's journey started when, as a young man, God said to him, Abraham, get up, leave your country, leave your family, go to another country. Abraham said, okay, I'll do it. Some of you would never do that in a thousand years. Some of you, your family keeps you from serving God and walking by faith. Think about that. Abraham said, okay, God, you want me to leave my family? They were all pagan idol worshipers. He said, I cannot shape your life while you're hanging out with these pagans. I'm not saying your family's pagan, okay? Maybe that didn't come out right. I want you to think that. Only Only a few of them are pagans. But... Y'all, I'm just kidding. If you're guests with this today, I joke a lot. I'm sarcastic. That, that's one of my spiritual gifts. I'm sarcastic at times, okay? So, but here's the point. Get away from here. Get away from your family. Leave and go to this other country. And Abraham said, okay, God, I'm going. Where am I going? And he said, uh, I'm not going to tell you yet. Just start going, and I'll show you when you get there. It's okay. Some of us would never do that. Load up the U-Haul and take off. God, where am I going? I don't know, but you'll know when you get there. Then God, when he was 75, said, I'm going to give you a son. And he had to believe for 25 years until he was 100. But the interesting thing is, if you look at the life of Abraham, one of the things you learn is everywhere he went, the first thing he did was, an in, and he, he wandered for most of his life from area to area. But everywhere he went, Everywhere he went, the first thing he did was he pitched his tent, set up camp, and then he built an altar. Because he said, I'm not taking any of this journey without God and his direction. So we've got to build an atmosphere where the word of God governs our lives. 
Well, I want God to govern my life. Then the only way that's going to happen is for you to read this, understand it, get it in your heart, and let this govern your life because this is how God governs. See, some of us want the shortcut. Well, I don't want to take time doing that. Then you'll never understand the principles of the kingdom. You'll never understand the principles of faith because they, they come from God's word and faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Abraham's whole life was a journey of faith. And at the end of his life, God said, this was a righteous man because he believed me and he acted on it. Read God's word. Learn God's word. Read it out loud. I say this all the time. You don't have to read five or ten chapters a day. You're better off reading one verse at a time and understanding it than you are reading ten chapters and not getting it. But get into God's Word. Learn where you need to be reading. Learn where you need to start. Get in with other people who can help direct you in your faith. If you're not, if you're not really familiar with God's Word when you're in the car, wherever you are, Listen to the Bible. You can get the Bible on your phone and, and listen to it. Listen to the Word. Get the Scripture in you. Heard a great story years ago about a family whose daughter wound up in a hospital in a coma. And she was quite young, late teens, early 20s. She's in the hospital. They don't expect her to live. She's in a coma. And one of her relatives came in one day and said, Hey, we have a distant relative who's a minister and he's got healing verses on this device. I don't know if it was a CD or if it could have been the old days of cassettes, but I, I want you to just play this in her room. So she's lying in this coma and this minister, I knew the guy. Big guy, big deep voice, unmistakable voice. He talked like this. And he had hours and hours of scripture reading and healing verses. He started playing those for that girl. One day she came out of the coma and the doctors were amazed and health began to rise up. And she became well and strong. And one day this uncle that she had never met walked into the room. He was an uncle by marriage. He walked into the room and said, hello, sweetheart. And her eyes got big and she said, you're the guy I was listening to all those hours when I was in the coma. She recognized his voice. It wasn't just a mental voice. It was the voice of faith. You need to get yourself filled with the Word of God. Another thing you can do is start praying God's Word. Yeah, I've taught on this before. You know what most of us do? We pray our problems. Oh God, this is wrong. Help me. Oh God, that's wrong. Help me. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. I don't know what to do. Oh God, oh God, oh God. You know what? Stop whining and start praying the promises of God. Start repeating what God said He will do about your situation. Get your mind off the problem and get your mind on the promise. What does God say he'll do about it? Well, I don't, I don't really know what to pray. You know what? There are promise books, God's promise books that are topical. You can get those things and start reading scriptures and memorizing scriptures. You can start reading those scriptures and start thanking God that he's going to do that in your life. It'll build your faith. It'll change your heart and your atmosphere. Something else you can do is you can start agreeing with God's Word. Start saying what God says. See, that's how we get saved. That's how we come to Christ. We say what God says. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. 
He died for my sins, was raised from the dead, and I confess Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. That's how we enter into relationship with God. That's how it all starts. It's confession. Confession simply means to agree with God. How many of you think agreeing with God is probably a good thing? Good idea. Because if you're not agreeing with God, you're probably agreeing with... Don't even want to say it. Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our expectation, our hope. And don't waver for God, the one who promised, is faithful. Start saying what God says about your situation. And the last thing, the last thing you want to do with this is you want to start meditating on God's word. Think about it all the time. Talk about it when you're driving in the car, when you're alone, when you're on your lunch break, whenever you have quiet time and alone time. Just start talking about what God said. Just start talking about His Word. You know what meditate really means? It means to mutter, to say it over and over again, kind of under your breath. Just keep saying, God is good. God is faithful. God is my healer. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed and I am made whole. God will supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will keep our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. Just start repeating and meditating and thinking about what God has said. And it changes our faith. The psalmist said this, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. If you read through the Psalms, he went so far as to say, even in the middle of the night when I lay on my bed and I can't sleep, I start praising God. Let me tell you something. The fastest way to conquer fear and concern and worry is to start praising God because the enemy will say, go to sleep. Middle of the night, learn to praise God. Psalmist said in Psalms 1, my delight's in the law of the Lord and in his law I meditate day and night. Think about what God has done for you already. It'll build your faith. Meditate on it. Philippians 4 says to meditate on positive things rather than negative things. Things that are true, noble, just, pure, lovely. Things of good report, of faith. If there's virtue and if it's praiseworthy, think on those things and stop thinking about all the junk that might go wrong because it's not going to go wrong. God's got it. God's got it. God's got it. The bottom line for Abraham, this is the very last thought. Abraham said, I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Everybody say convinced. What God promised, he will perform. I'm convinced. It may take 25 years. doesn't matter. In God's time, in due season, what God's promised, he will perform. I want to pray for you today. Bow your heads. Father, this teaching today is so simple and straightforward, yet it's so important. We can strengthen our faith. We don't want to be weak in faith. We want to be strong in faith. Father, I don't care what label people want to put on me. I want to teach your word and build the faith of your people. Because you respond to faith. Our faith matters. God, I pray right now that in our own hearts, in our own hearts, we will wrap our hearts around faith. We will wrap our hearts around your word. We'll wrap our hearts around praise. We will wrap our hearts around everything that you said and not turn loose of it, not waver until you've accomplished all of it in our lives because you're God who promises and then you perform. We're going to believe you.
We're going to believe you. We're going to learn to live by faith and walk by faith. Start the journey walking on water and finish our journey walking on water. In Jesus' name. God, encourage our faith today. And finally, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, one last thing. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you've listened to this message and you've thought, wow, I've never heard anything quite like this. This is way beyond where I live. I don't even know about this way of life. Maybe deep down in your heart you're realizing there's something real. There's something truth about this. It's true. There's something that's truth about this message. You're realizing, I want God in my life and I want to believe Him today. It all begins with you responding to God. Because if you feel that way today and you're thinking, you know, I'd love to have God involved in my life. I, w- I want to believe God. That's your heart. That's because God's knocking on your heart. And all He's looking for is you saying, God, come in. I need you in my life. It all begins with words. We call it prayer, but it's just communication, words, talking to God. I want to lead you in a prayer, and I want to ask everybody in the building to open your heart, wrap your faith around these words. And right out loud, you don't need to scream it, but right out loud, I'm going to ask everybody here to pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I need you. I want you in my life. I want to believe you and I want to follow you. I believe Jesus will be my Savior. I accept Jesus and I choose him to become the Lord of my life. I believe he died on a cross for me to pay the price for my sins, to bring me into relationship with you. I believe I will follow you from this moment forward you'll be my father I'll be your child I will learn your ways and I will walk with you thank you for receiving me in Jesus name I ask it amen if you just prayed that prayer today if it's the first time or Maybe you're the prodigal who's been on the run who decided it's time to come home. That's the most important prayer you can ever pray in your whole life because it begins relationship with God. But it's not the end. It's just the beginning of that relationship. It begins your walk with God. We've got a gift we want to give you. It's called The Next Seven Days. It's real simple reading for the next week to get you started understanding what this relationship with God's all about. This is our gift to you. We want to give it to you. When service is over today, there'll be prayer teams in front of the They're just everyday people like you and me who have faith in God. They're here to pray with anyone for any need. But if you just walk up to one of these teams and say, hey, can I get the booklet? They'll give it to you right here. No strings attached. Okay? Don't need anything from you. Just walk up and say, can I get the booklet? We'll give it to you. Now, if you're in a really big rush today, you can go out in the lobby, and as you exit the building right in the middle of the glass doors where you entered, There's a counter set up there with a big screen. You can get the same booklet there if you're in a big rush. Stop by there. If you've got questions, they can answer questions. But we want to help you get started walking with God. God bless you today. We put our hands together and welcome new believers into God's family. God bless you. This morning, towards the end of our service, this is the time where we worship God with our giving. 
And I want to ask you for the sake of our ushers and our security team and so forth, I want to ask you to hold still if at all possible, unless you have to go. Hold still until we're finished. It will help us a lot. But I, I want to say this to you. You know, summers, you know, as far as our vacation time with the kids and stuff, it's drawing to an end. We're about to get back to life as normal. But I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness. Ann and I were talking yesterday. We are so proud of you. We're so proud of this church, the amazing people in this church. We're amazed at you. You're serving yesterday. You're giving week by week. You're not giving to us. You're not giving to our vision. You're giving to God's work. We just want to say thank you for your faithfulness. We saw a lot of people's lives yesterday being touched. Our missions trips, we're seeing God do things around the world. And we just want to say thank you because it's all be happening because of your faithfulness. So as you give this morning, we're going to watch church news. God bless you. Give in faith, in worship, and confidence today. God bless you. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Bridge. My name is Nicole, and I want to give you a very special welcome today. We hope that you enjoy your morning in church and that you and your family have a wonderful time with us. Summer is in full effect, and we want to help you stay connected throughout this season. Here's a look at what's happening in the days ahead. We hope you'll find your place and be a part of what God is doing here at The Bridge. We want to invite you to join us for a trip of a lifetime to the Holy Land. This 10-day tour of Israel will take place in June 2020, and it's complete with a messianic Israeli guide, deluxe hotel accommodations, and the best Middle Eastern food you can imagine. Whether your passion is to walk in the footsteps of Jesus or visit the most famous biblical locations, our tour is suitable for every type of travel. We journeyed from Caesarea by the sea to Mount Carmel, the Sea of Galilee, the Dead Sea, and even to Masada. Our journey concludes in the city of Jerusalem where you will walk the Via Dolorosa. We'll visit the Western Wall, journey to Golgotha, and conclude with a moving communion service at the Garden Tomb. And also, while we're there, you're gonna have the opportunity to worship on the Sabbath with a Christian congregation in Israel. So if you're interested in joining us on this amazing trip, please sign up at the Information Center and then watch for our informational meeting to come in the next few weeks. Our desire at The Bridge is for everyone to know others and be known. If you have a desire to build deeper relationships with others and facilitate spiritual growth in a smaller setting, then we want you to consider being a leader of a connect group. Next Sunday, we will be having a connect group leader training to prepare for our fall term. Returning leaders will be meeting at 1045 in the chapel for a brief refresher. Those who are interested in becoming a new leader will be gathering at 1 p.m. in the chapel for a training. If you would like to find out more about leading a connect group, please sign up on the church website, our app, or stop by the info center on your way out. We would love to meet with you and see you lead a connect group this fall at The Bridge. If you are new to The Bridge, we want to personally invite you to stop by the info center before you go today. Take a few minutes to come and say hi. Our team would love to meet you and help you get connected in church life. 
They can also answer any questions that you might have about the church. For more general info and to stay up to date, be sure to check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv. You can also stay plugged in by downloading the Bridge app. Just text the keywords, the Bridge Church app, to 77977. Thanks again for spending your morning with us. Have a wonderful Sunday. Hey, once again, I hope you've had a great time in God's church today in his house. And I just want to say something before we go. And I don't mean to be repetitious, but don't forget, right now, next service in about uh, 45 minutes, 50 minutes from now, Connecting Point takes place during second service. If you're interested, stop by. It'll be a great time for you. The other thing is, if you want to lead a connect group, whether you're returning or a new uh, connect group leader, those meetings are next Sunday. Make note of it. If you want to sign up for that and you haven't done so, you can do so at the Information Center. You can go online on our website or do it through the church app. We encourage you to get involved in connecting with other people. God bless you. We love you. Have a great, great Sunday and walk in faith.